Hello everyone, today we will be studying the 8th chapter of Sefer Shoftim 4, Sunday, March 3rd. The story of Gidon continues. So we read yesterday about the successful battle with Midian, and in the end he calls on other nations, or I should say tribes, to join him. And in chapter 8, verse 1, we read about one of the tribes that he called, that they are a bit perturbed upset that they weren't called earlier. Let's read. The men of Ephraim said to, Midian, to Gidon, What is the thing you did to us? You didn't summon us when you went to fight with Midian. They contended with him vehemently. They're very upset. Now recall that Gidon is from the tribe of Menashe. Ephraim and Menashe, as tribes, are brothers. Is there some sort of sibling rivalry taking place here? Possibly. But Gidon diffuses it quite quickly, and he says, What are you saying I did to you? He's using a metaphor. What he's getting at is that Ephraim, in the previous chapter, came in right at the end and captured the king's so he's really saying, yes, you know, we started the war, but you, Ephraim, you take the cake because you finished off the war. Okay, fine. You got the kings. And it looks like the anger subsided and they were ready to move on. Okay, but already, so just to bring out a point here is that each tribe is somewhat on their own, but on the other hand, they need the help of others. So there's this constant friction, but on the one hand, not every tribe is joining, like we saw Ruvain in the previous chapters didn't join the battle right away, and here we have Ephraim getting upset that they weren't called earlier. So there's this confusion that we didn't see in Sefer Yeshua when all of the battles took place as one whole Jewish people. Gidon goes to the Yardin across the eastern side of the Jordan River, because he was chasing after a couple kings. He said to the men of Sukkot, who are Jews, <clears throat> He's looking for some bread. And he actually says, give bread to the nation. He doesn't even ask for himself, because they are tired, and we're running after Zevach and Samuna. And the officers of Sukkot say, Is Zevach and Samuna in your hands, that we should give you bread? Others were not seeing a really good reason that we should help you. And Gidon said to them, when Hashem delivers Zevach and Samuna to my hand, I shall thrash your flesh. as as We're going to see exactly what this punishment will be. But Gideon was obviously not happy with the fact that they responded that, um, you know, okay, you're tired, but we're not ready to give you bread unless we see Zevach and Samuna in your hands. And then he goes to a place called Penuel, and the same exact thing happens. And he says to the people of Penuel, Bishuvi Bisham Etos, when I return in peace, in other words, I will be accomplished, Etos, as Amigdal I will destroy your local tower. And as the Perak Ches continues, Pasuk Yud, Zevach and Samuna had hidden in a place called Karkar. Amongst their camps, they were with 15,000 feet called. 15,000 people, whoever was left over from the camp. But no, they had lost 120,000. And Gidon is going by the way of the tent dwellers 
east of Nova and Yogbaum, he struck the camp while the camp was complacent. Sounds like he came in in the middle of the night. And he gets the two kings, Zavach and Samunam. And the entire camp became terrified. And Gedor ben Yoash returns from battle. And he, he knows that while Sukos did not offer him bread, the blame goes to the top. It was the officers of Sukos. So he manages to find a young lad to try to get him to reveal the names of all the leaders. The, so the Nar writes for him 70 and 77 names. Of leaders of Sukkos. And he comes to the city of Sukkos and he says, Look, I have Zabach and Samuna. And he took the elders of the year and he took the thorns, the Eshabarkanim. He took the thorns and briers and with them thrashed the men of Sukkos, which I think just means sort of stabbed them with these uh, thorns, I think mostly pain, and he didn't actually kill them. Now remember, a king could always take, punish those who rebelled. And in this regard, we pointed out in the beginning that a shofet might be similar to a melech in that he could, on his own, deliver punishment for any sign of rebellion. And he went ahead and destroyed the city of Peniel. He ended up killing the men of the city. Some say that wasn't his original intent, was not to kill, uh, but as he was knocking down the tower, people tried to stop him. And then somebody died. Okay. So again, the, the point of all of this is that we're seeing a breakdown, right? Not only are tribes complaining, why didn't you call me and tribes are not showing up, but now we have tribes not even giving each other bread. And this is not the land we're trying to build. Gidon says to Zevach, where are the men that you killed? In other words, how could you possibly defend yourself? And they said, they're like you. And apparently they were actually mishpacha of the king. And that's exactly what Gidon said. They were brothers, the sons of my mother. As Hashem lives, had you let them live, I would not kill you. This is an interesting little conversation. He says to Yeser, his firstborn, go kill them. And the young lad cannot release his sword. He was afraid. He was still young. Zavach and Samuna said, you kill us, for a man, so is his strength. So Gidon arose and killed Zavach and Samuna and took the crescents that were on their camels. Okay, so the battle is over. The kings have been captured, but the chapter continues. The Jewish people approach Gidon and they say, The most unbelievable request that we've read so far in this book. They said, you rule over us, your children should rule over all of us, and your grandson. What they're really asking is some sort of form of kingship. What is hereditary? You saved the family. No, I will not rule over you, not my children. Hashem, Hashem will rule over you. Which is a fantastic answer. You couldn't have answered the request of the Jewish people any better. Right, we're going to see later on when the Jewish people request for a king, a similar idea. That, remember, Hashem is in charge. However, I will ask of you one thing. Each one should give a nose ring that they had captured, you know, from the booty, and give it, spread it over a cloth, and they weighed it, weighed uh, 17,000, whatever, and they made a golden apron out of it. And the pastor, and they hung it in the center of the city. However, so what's Gidon saying? Is that, you know what, I'm humble, 
Hashem will rule over you, he'll find the next leader. However, let's remember this request, you know, like a memory that that's how high in esteem I was held, that you wanted not only me, but my children and grandchildren. So make an ephod. However, similar to the eagle hazav, uh, building things as memories doesn't always end well. And they ended up straying after them became a snare, meaning it was a, it ended up sort of uh, coming back at them in a negative way uh, because they were treating it on some level like avodazarag, although it doesn't say idolatry. And then vayikana midyon lufnei bnei yisrael lamaisa during the days of Gidon, while he was still alive, the midyon was humbled before them. They did not continue to raise their head. The land was peaceful for 40 years. Remember, Gidon is referred to the fighter of Baal. Which is interesting because the Haftorah we read yesterday in Sholabad, Elijah the prophet dealing with the Avodazar of Baal. Gidon Gidon had 70 sons. Kinashim seemed to say, okay, that, uh, you know, now that he was. Uh, returning home, as if to say, my work has been done, he then focused himself on marriage, although many women, which I think is important, because we know a king has a limit of how many wives. I think the fact that the Torah is telling us that he has many wives, is sort of saying, you know, Gidon wasn't treating himself like a king. And he had a Pilegesh who gave birth to somebody, Abimelech, that will be important for the next chapter. Gidon dies, Beseva Tova, and they bury him in the plot of his father. And it was when Gedon died that the Jewish people returned to their evil ways. And they did not remember that God saved them from other enemies. And they did no kindness with the house of Yubal. In other words, they didn't do any goodness in terms of recalling the righteousness of Gedon. And they received no inspiration from that. And the cycle continues from here. Right? Just to repeat, the cycle is the Jewish people do evil, they cry to Hashem, Hashem sends them a shofet, he wins the battles, the land is peaceful, but then a certain amount of time goes by, they revert back to their evil ways, and the next chapter, we're going to read about Avimelech, son of Gidon. With that, we conclude our study of Navi for the day, as always. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to study some Navi.